Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Dr. Russell Jaffe. Dr. Jaffe received his BS, MD, and PhD from the Boston University School of Medicine in 1972. He completed his residency training in clinical chemistry at the National Institutes of Health, remaining on the permanent senior staff until 1979. On leaving NIH, Dr. Jaffe began a journey that sought to support the emerging field of integrative and regenerative medicine. His dedication to the application of primary prevention and his commitment to providing superior nutraceuticals and autoimmune testing led him to found his company, Peak Integrative Health, a company bringing the world's scientifically proven integrative health solutions, helping to speed the transition from sick care to healthful caring. Welcome, Dr. Jaffe. How are you today? How are you today? I'm glad. Better and better. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. That's great. So there's at, my so- age, at my age, that's no small thing to say. And when you get up in the morning restored from restorative sleep and you go to bed having done something meaningful in the day, that's a good day. And I don't know how many days we have, but if every one of them is meaningful, that's better. Absolutely. That's the whole point of my podcast. We want to be able to get up, be healthy, be able to do something to help humanity, and then go to sleep at night. That's the I help point. ourselves. We're not exempt. My mentor teachers, they served everyone else first. They never forgot about themselves. Absolutely. And I've talked about that in many other podcasts. You got to work on yourself first, keep yourself healthy because you can't help anybody else unless you're in peak condition. So, and I'm sure you're going to give us a lot of good advice how to do that, how to keep ourselves healthy. So we only have a short time. So let's jump into why you decided to pursue integrative health instead of the usual medicine route. In 72, most people went right to regular medicine. Absolutely. I came as a skeptic. I didn't come as an advocate. I had the great good fortune of getting trained in Boston in internal medicine, then being on the staff at NIH with further, further training and lots of flexibility. And I heard that there was a guy named Queen Yuan Wu, and he would take your pulses and he would put needles in you and he would get results that we couldn't get at NIH impossible. So I went to debunk and I did a seven-year apprenticeship with him. And then I followed that with the first training program that was accepted by New York and California for medical licensure in acupuncture. And that was decades ago. Then I went to debunk yoga and Ayurvedic medicine. And I met Dr. Ramamurti Mishra an MD-PhD who wrote the textbook of yoga psychology, a commentary on Patanjali Sutras. I became his student, then I became his doctor. And then I met a man whose name was Bhante Dharmawara, which means he's a Buddhist monk. I met him at his 80th 
birthday party. A few days later, he moved in. We had 30 years, mostly 30 years together. I had two children with Rebecca, not with him. And among others of his students, Bhante's students, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, Jarawal Nehru, a known figure in India, the royal family of Cambodia, the Sionuk family, sorry, the Sionuk family in Cambodia, the royal family of Thailand, and on and on, including President Dwight David Eisenhower and the Dulles brothers. There was John Foster Dulles and there was Alan Dulles, and they were formidable. And what he said, this is Bhante the monk, he said they were brilliant and President Eisenhower preferred golf. Up close and personal, and these are my friends, mentors, teachers. Why? Beats me. No. When, when, you, when you have the great good fortune to come close to these people who were icons in their world, communities, and whatever, you got to keep asking yourself, what am I doing here? Why? Well, every one of them said the same thing. Just show up. <laughs> <laughs> just show up. <laughs> just show up. That's Don't important. Up. That's half the job, right? Just showing up. Woody Allen said 80% is showing 80%, up. 80%, right? <laughs> he said, it's about that. It's it's absolutely important to not just um, say, oh, I'm I'm not worthy. In fact, there's a famous uh, Saturday Night Live skit that the punchline of always is, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are. You're sweet enough as you are, no added sugar. You don't need added edible oils. They actually are not edible. The reason we call them edible oils is to fool you into thinking they're edible. I kid you not. That's the history. It's a kind of succinct history. But, you know, in my world, first you have to understand, then you have to make it very accessible. I think that's fair on both sides. It, uh, I think this is an Einstein paraphrase, but he said, if you really understand, you can explain it. And if you if people get confused, you don't really understand it. How about that? <laughs> so you you decided to go that route, and you studied with a lot of the world's best people. They How, put up with. Me. When did you they, decide uh, to open your company, and what? Tell us a little bit about what your company can do to help baby boomers stay healthy and and live a long, healthy life. Yes, let me start with that because that probably is the important takeaway: what you eat, what you drink, what you think, and what you do. Eat, drink, think, do. I don't mean just eat a healthy diet. I mean eat the foods that you can digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden. And that's where our lab comes in because we have the most sensitive, the most predictive, the most important, the most clinically relevant test to say what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and what medicines and toxins you shouldn't get exposed to. Because guess what? It's the 21st century where we're marinating in a sea of toxins and stresses. And those stresses and toxins are anti-nutrients. What does anti-nutrient mean? It means you need more of the good stuff to compensate for the bad stuff. It's not more complicated than that. It gets complicated when you want to parse it. It gets complicated when you want to say, which one of 60 things is the one thing I should do? I think this is from Sid Baker. My colleague Sid Baker often said, if you're sitting on a bunch of tacks and you remove half of the tacks, you still have half of the pain. So you really have to be more comprehensive. You really have to know yourself. You really have to find someone who is personalized, holistic. That means all of you. Integrative. Again, that means all of you, including relationships and environment. 
mind, body, spirit? Of course. Yep. So important. Again, so important. Yep. So critically important. So often uh, forgotten or an afterthought or a a platitude. Don't just tell me to be well. If I really was well-er, I probably wouldn't be your client. So tell me what to do to get to the well. Don't just tell me to think positive thoughts. And that's a very critical piece because I often find that what therapy does is relive a trauma, and that's not helpful. But if you can go back and witness, if you can go back and witness the context, if you can go back and witness what happened, why was it that you, mostly a child, was traumatized by adults, often called your parents, by the way? I'm not lying about this. People often say to me, are you a psychiatrist? No, and I'm not the mayor of Chicago either, but I am who I am, and I want health to emerge out of healthy patterns, and I am confident that habits control the future. I'm equally confident that the past is the past. I don't doubt that the past happened, it did, but your past and my past and everyone else's past is their own past. This is a classic Buddhist metaphor, and and I've heard His Holiness say that because he is my daughter's godfather. I often just drop in, he is my daughter's godfather. People who live in the past get depressed. People who live in the future get anxious. Those of us who live in the moment have the privilege of being present. And if, if you live in the past and or the future, when you pass away, you will barely have lived because you wouldn't have been in the moment. Now that's, I must tell you, that's easier said than done. I didn't say that, oh, epiphany. I aspire to follow in the footsteps of the people who inspired me, who put up with me, who some of whose faces and names you would know, but that's not the point thing. The point is that, that I came as a skeptic. They accepted me with open hearts. With op- The only question they asked was, are you here doing a book report? If you're just passing by like a cloud, you can go pass by like a cloud. But if you actually are serious, oh, come this way. So great good fortune, and I am confident that those of us who are so-called boomers can have the best lives of our, the best days of our lives, one at a time. My dad had a stroke. My dad had a stroke in my living room at eighty-three. When he recovered, he had seven more years together, and I talked to him almost every day. And he would say, "This is the best day of my life." Well, when you recover from that kind of a stroke, I will tell you, life becomes very precious one day, one day at a time. Yes, it does. That's a real wake awakening, and you do learn to appreciate. Sometimes we don't appreciate each day we're given, and we need to. And there is a limit to each human life. At 90, notice that 90 is seven years past 83. At 90, my father passed in my arms. The first, this is really true, the first death certificate I ever signed as a licensed medical doctor was my own father when he passed in my arms at the age of 90. And I will tell you, when I left government service, a nice young lady comes to me and says, 
uh, uh, whatever she said. You've never uh, filled out a death certificate. I said, do I have to? And she says, don't you want to? And I said, when I need to, I'm sure there's someone like you who will be happy to come and help me do it. So please go away because no, I don't want to know how to do something I don't want to do. And she said, okay. And she went away. No, no. That was a great privilege at that time of being in a meritocracy called NIH. Right. Right. So tell us a little bit about what we can do as boomers to keep ourselves healthy. I, I heard one of your lectures and you talked about the five foods we should be eating in order to stay healthy, garlic, onions, and whatever. Do you want to talk a little bit oh, about now that? We're, now, we're, now, now we're getting into some details. Let's okay. start with what should boomers eat to feel and function better, to think and remember better, to be nicer and a more appreciative, very simple. Eat low on the food chain. What is low on the food chain? Fruits, vegetables, sprouts, mushrooms, spices. It can be very interesting, but notice I didn't say anything that had a mother. But this is an interesting comment. At a certain point in time, you might want to think about whether you want to eat anything that had a mother. <laughs> and more and more people are moving away from that anyway. But I, I think boomers are I'm just I'm just reinforcing what for many, many centuries has been good advice, but in a more modern metaphor. But absolutely. So eat low on the food chain, then eat what you can digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden. Now, many people have had antibiotics and or medical therapies and or stresses in their lives or toxin exposures and they need to recover their digestive capacity, their digestive ability. Their digestion has atrophied. It's called enteropathy. It is epidemic in America. It is, and especially among older people. Many, many, many boomers have digestive problems, many of them. Yes, and many kids do too, but we're talking mostly to boomers like us. Right, right. So- Bonte, my teacher, survived salmonella. He survived typhoid. He survived terrible, terrible, terrible deprivations. And the 30 years, the three decades that we had together, I got to know a lot about a very delicate digestion. Most of us can actually rehabilitate, restore, improve, recover our digestion. But you've got to start by living low on the food chain and eating the foods that according to our LRA test, you can digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden. And then we're going to get involved with supplements that specifically stimulate your healing responses and all good and no bad. This is a new generation of supplements with all active ingredients and no schmutz. If you don't know what schmutz is, I'll translate that later, but it means not good. And when you look at tablets, when you look at capsules, when you look at most dietary supplements that you can get at most stores, they're a combination of floor sweepings and good profit. And I'm against that. If you, if you want to go out and, and, and take your disposable income, your precious few dollars, and go buy a supplement, I want that supplement to help you and not harm you. And I'm sad to tell you that I am very sure that most of what you would get commercially would harm and not help. And I am also sure that if you want value, if you want something safer, better, more evidence-based, it is available. And yes, we have been among the pioneers of that. P-E-R-Q-U-E, perk.com is 
the, the supplement side of what I do. And yes, we're here. We come in peace. We want people to feel and function better through at least 100, if not 120 years. And if you've listened to some of my interviews, you know that I often say that I want to be dancing at 120, not just present. Right, right, dancing. I want to be, I want to be dancing at 100 with my friends. Yep, yep. Well, when you start losing friends, which bloomers sometimes do, you you have to replace them with younger friends because I'm pretty sure you can't replace them with older friends. Exactly, exactly. So have have your own transgenerational intentional family. I have two biological wonderful children. No, they don't call often enough, but they children never do. Exactly. But, but, but I also have young people that I mentor because I care about them. And I pray they care about me, but that's a whole separate side. I care about them. They bring youthful hope and, 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 and vigor and so forth that you young people have. I really urge boomers, people of our age, anyone with gray hair, to find younger friends. It's such good advice. You'd be surprised how eager they are to have an uncle or an aunt or someone who just will listen. Start with listening. Don't stop with telling. (laughs) Start with listening. The best advice is, I think I'll I'll listen and take a breath or two. And then it's okay to say, well, what about this? Have you tried that? You'd be surprised. Think about anyone who was successful. And I'm going to only talk about entertainers because... People often know about entertainers. How about Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner? How about John Denver? How about Judy Collins? Carly Simon? These are people who were friends. It's a whole subject for another time, but these are people who were friends. Every one of them had an aunt or an uncle who absolutely paved the way. Michael Tilson Thomas would not be anywhere without Leonard Bernstein. And don't think about that because Lenny never touched Michael. I know that from Michael. To be in my world, which is mostly science and speeding the transition to healthful caring and youthful longevity and things like that, to also have had evenings of music with Michael Tilson Thomas and Paula Robeson and Josh and Lenny and and friends, if it gets better than that, let me know. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. And I I don't mean it boastfully. I'm saying it happened. It wasn't like, oh, I had a plan. No, I had a mother and I had a father. And they did the best they could. My dad my dad went to his mother and said, Mom, I can get a full scholarship to go to RPI College. This is after World War II. Or, or Mom, I can make $50, $50 playing professional basketball for the Kate Smith Celtics. I kid you not, my father actually played for the Kate Smith, like God bless America, Kate Smith, $50 a game on Sunday. And the reason that basketball to this day is played on Sunday, not Saturday, is the Jewish mothers wouldn't let their boys play on Saturday. I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. True. Amazing. Isn't that an interesting little It is. I had no idea. No idea. I kid you not. You can check this all out. (laughs) My dad played with Bob Cousy, with Bill Russell, with Charmison, people like that. And, you know, if you have parents, very often the stories get a little bit bigger. You know, like right. fishes get a little bit right. bigger over time. Right. <laughs> I actually got to meet Bill Sharman because Bill Sharman, who played basketball in that era, 
became the general managers of the LA Lakers and he lost his voice. And you can be a lot of things and be the general manager, but mute, you cannot be. Right. <laughs> right. And when, because I was known out in LA, when no one else could solve a problem, sometimes I got a call. So I get the call and I go out there because it's Bill Sharman. Because I want to know, did he remember my father? There's no other reason. I, I, I didn't help. I, he did get his voice back, I'm glad to say. I, I, I didn't figure out the mystery. That's not the point. But I had to say to him, do you remember Pitts? Because my father was born in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and his nickname was Pitts. Do you remember Pitts Jaffe? And he leans way back in his chair and he says, the fadeaway shot. Now, my father was so nearsighted and I am too. I have my father's hair and I have his eyes. It was a good, it was good. He says, the fadeaway shot. My father was so nearsighted, he couldn't see the basket. So if he knew where he was standing on the court, if he knew where his feet were on the court, he could jump up, lean back, throw the ball over the other opponent and, and 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 score when bill Sharman told me that he remembered pitts jaffe it was one of the peak moments of my life because i then realized my dad didn't make it up because sometimes they do yeah and sometimes, still, right okay. right sometimes. sometimes they do and it's still okay you right. can still love them but i think the historicity the accuracy the detail matters and I was brought up to be a scientific American modern doctor type, but also a person. So, so it's about what you eat and drink. Now, the drink part. Drink more water. Drink more. Have wet foods. Start every meal with, with something wet and warm. It could be just water with a squeeze of a lime. It could be a broth or, or something wet. But, but eat wet. Why? Hydration, hydration, hydration equals kidneys. If you lose your kidneys, you will be very sad. Now, yes, we can do transplants. Yes, we can do miracles. Uh, at a, about you want to go through uh, that, though. Save your kidney. Why would you want to go through yes, that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Restore, renew, rehabilitate, sustain uh, your physiology before pharmacology. It's not one or the other. If you need prescriptions, that's fine. But before the prescriptions get to the cause, preempt the problem, correct the deficit, get the essentials. And yes, in the 21st century, we need a lot more of the good and less of the bad. And if you haven't noticed that we have too much of the bad and too little of the good, I will remind you, we need more of the good and less of the bad. So just follow through on what we call nature's alkaline way. This is drrusselljaffe.com. This is the other entities that we uh, do research with and support and, 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 and co connect with. But I don't want to get this too complicated. We come in peace. We want everyone to feel and function as well as I do. Yes, I am closing in on, in less than a month, I will be 75. But if you check my function, my heart, my lungs, my kidneys, my spleen, my organs, my digestion, I'm somewhere between 35 and 40. And if I, and if I, I've gotten younger as my chronology has gotten older. Your chronology, your birth certificate is fixed. That's absolutely fixed, the time of your birth. Turns out the time of your birth is another whole issue, but it's fixed. What's not fixed is your functional age. You can function older or younger than your birth. I want to continue to feel and function younger. 
I want to be youthfully vibrant. I don't want to be childish, but I'd like to be childlike. I'd like to go out and walk. It turns out walking is an excellent thing for human beings to do. Get out of the chair, get up from the couch, just walk. Yep, yep. I talk about that a lot on podcasts. If you right. feel like you can exercise, almost everyone can walk. There's some people Absolutely. who can't, but almost everyone can walk. Just get out and walk every day. When I helped my father recover from his stroke, when I helped Bonte recover from his stroke over the age of 100, one of the most important things was encouraging them to do what they could. Don't fail, but do what you can. If you need a walking stick, if you need some assist, that's fine. But go beyond that. Absolutely. So go out and amble. Go out and walk. If if the ground is healthy, walk barefooted. If the ground is contaminated with parasites and nematodes and this and that and the other thing, I don't think you should be barefoot. So then wear, wear moccasins. But get as close to the ground as possible and just amble. This is not about speed walking. This is not about... I will walk uh, 8,000 steps. I want you to, I, I, I'm very specific about that. I want you to walk between five and 10,000 steps. Some people say 10, some people say five. If that's the median, I'll meet in the middle, 7,500, 8,000. But I want you to walk. Yeah, absolutely. Which means you have to get up. You cannot walk in your couch. <laughs> that's right. You know, right. <laughs> so true. So find a reason. Find a reason to go out. An amble. Yep. I go over to our Central Park every day. It's here in Doylestown. It's a beautiful park. Lots of nature. It's a wonderful place to walk every day. So that's where I am. Many places in America have something like what you just said within a few minutes, within a few driving minutes. Yep. And then just amble. Yep. You'd be surprised what a butterfly might do to enjoy, to help you enjoy your day. I have a permaculture biodynamic food forest in my front yard. It's 12 years old, 250 edible plants. <clears throat> if, you come, if you come to brunch or lunch or, or dinner here, chances are you'll be eating from our garden. We just put in, we just put in a half a dozen new mushroom gilts. Uh, an oak volunteered. It, it, it died, actually, after 120 years. So we don't just cut, cut it up and burn it up. We make tables. We you know, make mushroom guilds, we reuse, recycle, uh, be respectful towards the opportunities. You'd be surprised in a very short time and a very small amount of space how much herb that you would use in your kitchen. And I will tell you that dried basil is fine, but fresh basil is better. Dried rosemary, was it parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme? Time, yep. <laughs> I have them all. I have them all in my garden. So do I. So do I. We br- they're right. outside in the summer. We bring them in in the winter. So we have them all year round. Wherever your zone is, you'll know, you know what is appropriate. We have chosen mostly to have things we don't have to keep in pots. It's a, it's a, it's a permaculture biodynamic, you know, issue. So I have a loquat. I have a nectarine that overwinters. Really? Wow. No, I kid you not. We're, we're almost in the same climatic zone, air water gap and so forth. But I will tell you that I will go to great lengths to get a plant that is willing to go through our seasons. Yeah. Makes sense. 
we have a Galera grape. Galera is what they make Prosecco out of. And oh. If you can, if you can get a Cartesa Prosecco, you'll enjoy it. Yep. Um, but it, t- it took over the arbor. And then we have Arctic kiwi. Now, Arctic kiwis are not as big as the kiwis you get in the store. They're kind of like big grapes, but they're, they don't have much fuzz. So you can just pull them off, you know, when they're ripe and then put them in your mouth. And I will tell you that just walking under an arbor and pulling grapes down makes you feel like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is intimations of the Garden of Eden. Yep, I bet. I bet. So how many acres do you have? It sounds like you need a lot for that, but you're saying you don't really need that much. No, no, no. That's a very important point. If you have a lot of acres, God bless. Right. But no, I am two acres out of 50 on a commons, so there's no fences, but I only have two. So I have 250 edible plants, including bearing trees, in about a little more than a quarter of an acre. And, and my son, Sky, who has studied with Willie Smiths and this, that, and the other thing, if you just have one square meter, you can grow herbs, probably tomatoes, maybe some greens. They're pretty tolerant. A lot of the things that we see in the store actually grow very readily. And if you want to pay you know, the store, that's okay. They don't care. I'm telling you, if you want value, because it's more nutritious and delicious to go out and pick the kale and bring it in and 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 mix it up maybe with some cashews and 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 some other things that you like you know like grasses how about buckwheat how about millet how about amaranth how about quinoa actually quinoa is is very in vogue if if, if you're interested it in, is. in yeah. avant avant quinoa mm-hmm. it's not Buckwheat. Right. In my in my world, this was called kasha and varnishkas, which means buckwheat and onions. And why? Buckwheat is cheap. Onions are cheap. These were people who were poor. <laughs> These were peasants back in Europe. So what could they have? Well, they had to make a big deal. So throw some sage, throw some rosemary, throw some salt, throw some pepper, throw some nutmeg, and 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 you can make nutritious and delicious low on the food chain which means less contamination, easily digested, assimilate, assimilated, and eliminated without immune burden. And if you need more help, drrusselljaffe.com. There you go. And, you know, I think a lot of us are going to start growing more vegetables again. I mean, we always have, but like last year, we slowed up a little, but I think we're going to start planning more next year because they're going to be too expensive in the stores. And like you said, they're not contaminated when you do it at home. You're not going to put all those pesticides on your own vegetables. So, and I think as we see the stores, not even maybe won't even have as much as it always has in the past. We're going to have Uh, to do it, right? We're going to have to. Mother nature is our guide. And that means everything we've just talked about. Because the other side, the supply chain disruptions. There are colleagues of mine in Japan who bring a Geiger counter. This is to measure radiation because of Fukushima. They bring this to the store when they go to buy fresh vegetables. Do they? Wow. I kid you. No, I kid you not. Wow. And sometimes, sometimes the Geiger counter goes off. Click, 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 click. And someone from the back runs out and takes that away and brings another pallet of whatever okay. that is. Wow. 
I kid you not. I don't know if they do that here in the U.S. They might take it around the corner and bring it back. I don't think they dump it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I, I would hope they would, but. Well, where I am, my little sanctum and bubble, I have a Geiger counter. Do you? I, of course. And I have a triaxial meter. Huh. That's called electromagnetic smog because I'm the guy who did the report for the state of California in 1983 called Clean Your Room, 18 Subjects That Will Kill You and the Solution That Will Help You Heal. You're the young, very young at that time, Governor Jerry Brown. And I've been involved with these issues since then. And as I said in the beginning, I came as a skeptic, but I can tell you, you can save your life or you can suffer and die young at very high cost. It's a choice. It's not inevitable. It's not a roll of the dice. Right. It's not. Well. I know so, so many people think that different cancers they get, it's just, oh, woe is me. But it's usually something in your environment or something you ate or did, or there's always a connection somewhere. And there are ways to avoid it. There really are. Without question. In the year 1900, in the year 1900, if you were a 40-year-old adult, you had a 1% to 3% chance of ever getting cancer in your life. If today you are a 40-year-old adult in the United States of America, you have a 1 in 3 chance of getting cancer in your lifetime. That is not, that is not due to genetic variance. Nope. That nope. is due to intoxication of our environment. And yes, it's all of the above. It's not as simple as saying, oh, it's only, you know, this or right. that. But the aggregate of the bad that outweighs the good. What does that mean? Less bad, more good. That's what we're talking about. It's a choice. It is largely a choice. It is a choice and it's something we can definitely do. And for people that are listening to this podcast today, if it's something you want to look into, you want to be healthier, then you definitely need to go to Dr. Jaffe's website and learn more because there's tons of information there. Uh, well, we have videos and audios. We everything, have webinars, whatever. Yep. Webinars. Yep. We certify professionals. Yes, we're in this because... We believe that it is important to speed a transition from the current sick care symptom treatment model to a proactive, predictive, personalized primary prevention practice and protocol. Now, that was seven P's in a row, if you like, on onomatopoeia. <laughs> but it's so true. So true. There's things we can do. We can take hold of our own lives and make our own decisions. And it's just a matter of doing some research and then doing the right thing. And like you said, like we're all going to cheat sometimes because we're not oh, used to eating the best, but more good than bad and you'll be okay. Exactly right. It's what you do 90% of the time. If you want an ice cream sundae every once in a while, I'll put a cherry on the top. That's exactly right. This is not impossible. It is doable but it is a matter of being proactive and choosing life rather than the common convention. The common convention will take 20 to 30 years away from your life, cost the United States extra millions, now trillions of dollars every year, and, and bury you early with suffering, depriving your loved ones from relationships. I think that's a bad value. I think that's a bad bargain. I think we deserve better. And I know that we can, while we always need more research and, 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 and better science, there is enough that we already know to save our lives if people are willing to take yes for an answer and kind of choose 
when you call it, you know, uh, rush hour and you slow down, when you call it fast food, but it kills you, when you call it, when you call it sweet, but it's actually ugly, I think that the PR department won and, and the science lost. Sounds like it to me. So tell us again where my listeners can find you so that they can get all this helpful information and they can choose to be healthy. Right. Dr. Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-J-A-F-F-E.com. Dr. Russell Jaffe.com. And from that website, you can get to other places where our science and our information, inspiration, and, and, and guidance are available, including, including functional and meaningful lab tests. You can do a lot of tests that make a measurement without any meaning, and we, and we don't think that makes any sense at all. But we want you to do the few tests that are functional, predictive, and relevant to you as an individual, not making you a statistic. Heaven forfend, don't become a statistic. It's a bad place to be. So we want you to understand this new 21st century, take care of yourself, invest in yourself, add life to years and years to life, drrusselljaffe.com. Please come visit. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Jaffe, for joining us today with all of this valuable information. And it's going to be even more important as we move into the winter months with the colds and the flus. This will really help us. If we can boost our immune system and stay healthy, we're going to live a healthier, longer, happier life, correct? Yep. So thank you again. I encourage my audience to go to your website, learn more about keeping yourself healthy. In the end, it's up to each one of us to eat right, supplement when necessary, and exercise in order to be our best selves. So thanks for listening. And remember, be bold, not old. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.